You're listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing with Andrew Logan. This podcast is your step-by-step guide to building and growing your own business and creating passive investment vehicles. If you crave legacy, wealth, and freedom, keep listening. Hello and welcome to The Way Out Podcast. Andrew Logan here. Great to be with you for another episode, episode number 75 today. And as always, honored to have you on. Nice big number, significant number, 75, three quarters of the way to our 100th episode. If you are new, welcome and thank you. If you are a regular listener, I really want to honor you and thank you and hope you are getting value out of this. Hope this is helping you get closer to financial freedom. So, Jumping into today's topic, I want to talk about, you know, what we can learn from the past and looking at the future. And history doesn't repeat, but it certainly does rhyme a lot. And we can often look at, you know, what's happening and start to get ideas of where things will go and future trends and future emotions of the market and future emotions of society. We can learn a lot by looking at the past. And history is very instructive in that way that we can go back through the past and see what happens when things launch, when new technologies come along and see what happens when emotions kick in and society starts to kind of move with new trends. And that gives us a fairly good idea of what could possibly happen later. And what prompted today's episode was really the other uh, yesterday morning or the day before, you know, scrolling my social media and a, and a meme came up. And essentially the meme was a screenshot of someone on Twitter saying, how good would it be if when someone visits your Twitter profile, your favorite song is playing and then they know who your favorite singer is, you know, your favorite band, your favorite song. And someone had replied, well, here we are. We have reached a generation that don't know what MySpace is. And it kind of, you know, made me laugh, of course. And then it was it started to kind of turn those cogs in your head of, okay, well, actually, this is a fantastic example of looking back into the past and seeing what happened when we kind of moved into Internet 2.0 and we moved into a, a social media world and looking at what happened there and then looking forward as we move into this, you know, crypto world and what we can learn from the past to help us sort of figure out what could possibly happen into the future. So, Let's run through a bit of the timeline of MySpace, and then we can turn that timeline into some sort of ideas of what's going to happen ahead. So if you don't know what MySpace is, I mean, you know, maybe you're a little bit younger than me, or maybe it just kind of never really hit where you were. I mean, I must admit, I was aware of MySpace, but I never had a MySpace page. I never actually signed up and joined. And and sometimes I can be a bit of a laggard when it comes to newer technology. I, you know, I was a bit late getting my first iPhone and all that sort of stuff, but you know, that's also me. I am just one who just sort of sits back and sees whether new technology is going to take or not. I'm not the the person who's kind of lining up for the next phone or the next, uh, you know, clubhouse or anything like that. But MySpace started, it started in around 2003. And really, it was the pioneer of social media platforms. Like it was the real, the first one to really have a lot of buzz about. And as I said, I didn't sign up myself, but everyone had one. Everyone's like, you know, you got to come to MySpace, my MySpace page. And, you know, when are you going to kind of add me as a friend on MySpace? And it was started by a few guys who were actually working for another, you know, very early day social media platform called Friendster. There was ICQ, there was Friendster. MySpace was the first big one. And so it sort of became the poster child of internet 2.0. And It was kind of 2005, 16 years ago, when it started to really get its traction. 
And the big thing in 2005 was that News Corp, Rupert Murdoch, bought it for $580 million. Now, at the time, this was huge. It was a massive thing for a media company, a kind of brick and mortar newspaper company to come in and buy a social media site. Now, that obviously shot its popularity up into the mainstream and everyone's starting to talk about this thing now. In 2006, it was the most visited website in the USA. So it was essentially the most popular website in the USA in 2006, just 15 years ago. In 2007, uh, News Corp were trying to sort of merge MySpace with Yahoo. And again, I don't know if you remember Yahoo, but Yahoo was the big one before Google. Everyone was Yahoo searching before Google came along. Google was this tiny little player. Uh, Obviously, Google is a behemoth now, but Yahoo was actually the pioneer. So during this merger attempt, it was conservatively valued at $12 billion. But there were people out there and, and not just, you know, people like the Wall Street Journal in particular valued it, said if this merger goes ahead, it's going to be valued at $65 billion. So imagine that. So News Corp, Rupert Murdoch bought it for $580 million, And just two, three years later, they're valuing it at 11, 12 times that. Like, a, you know, 10x plus valuation on this thing from 580 million to 65 billion. 2008, it is the largest networking platform in the world and it was generating almost a billion a year profit. Madness, right? And this thing was huge. I said, I mean, and of course, you know, here I am the laggard and, and I was just kind of, you know, I was in my early 20s at the time and I just, I was, I was actually kind of just backpacking around the world and trying to be off, off track a little bit, you know, off radar a little bit. But this thing was obviously huge and it was going to the moon. And then all of a sudden it wasn't because this new thing came along called Facebook. And it was in the early 2008 when Facebook started attracting more new members. And I do remember this period because I remember I was living in America at the time. I was living in Colorado. And I do remember getting that first invitation to Facebook and signing up for my first Facebook account. And, you know, there were three or four of us working in this little office in Colorado. And we'd all have to like log out so someone else could log in and check their Facebook. So this new sort of one was coming along and it was starting to get a bit of traction, starting to get a bit of attention. By 2009, it had actually overtaken MySpace. So in 2008, MySpace is the biggest networking platform in the world, but it only lasted one year because Facebook overtook them a year later. Now, two years later, 2010, one more year after 2009, one more year after Facebook overtook it, in 2010, it was losing, it went from making a billion dollars a year to losing $150 million a quarter. So that turnaround was in like a year and a half, two years essentially, It went from a billion up to kind of half a billion down in 18 months. And in January and February 2011 alone, two and a half years, not like not even three years after being the biggest networking site in the world, it was losing 10 million users a month. 10 million people a month were closing down their accounts and moving to Facebook. It was a meteorotic rise and then it was an absolute crash. 
So in March 2011, Rupert Murdoch realizes, well, hang on, this thing's probably not worth $65 billion anymore. It's not even worth $12 billion. It's probably not even worth $580 million. He listed it for $100 million in June. He eventually settled for $35 million, which is a 94% loss on what he paid for it in 2006, five years later. And in that period of time, it was the most popular, the biggest website in the world. Five years later, he lost 94% of his money. And if you look at it from when it was peak valuation and like Wall Street Journal, not, you know, not your local newspaper, not just some guy at the pub, the Wall Street Journal had it valued at 65 billion. It sold for 99.95% under what the Wall Street Journal valued it at. Now, 10 years later, as we could tell by this meme, there's a whole generation of people who've never even heard of MySpace. And again, like, you know, fashion is cyclical, right? Sometimes things go out of fashion and then they come back in. And MySpace's big thing was that you went to someone's page and you saw what music they liked. And now people are like, oh, imagine, imagine if Twitter could like bring that in, right? It's a, the cycle of fashion. But again, it's, it's kind of history going through in these rhyming cycles. But really from kind of mainstream to peak to crash happened in five to six years. And then here we are 10 years later and it is completely forgotten. There are millions and millions and millions of people in the world who've never even heard of it. And we would turn around and laugh at it. You know, with what we have now, with the social media platforms and everything we have now, we would laugh at this kind of very static page that played music at poor quality when we landed on it. And so what does that teach us about going forward? You know, what can we kind of learn from that now? And very often people will sit there and say, you know, why are you so anti-crypto? Why are you so anti-Bitcoin? And it's never, ever about being anti-crypto. I think cryptocurrencies, blockchain technology is phenomenal. My, my warning, my concern, the things I'm always saying is just because Bitcoin is kind of the first big one, doesn't mean it's going to be the best one. And we've seen so often the kind of first technology to come through, the first one to really forge the path doesn't last. And that's where I get so concerned when people are saying like, you know, put your house on Bitcoin and not only, you know, educated people, but just people on TV. You see like newspaper, uh, news anchors and, you know, morning breakfast TV show people. Not that I watch any breakfast TV show, but I've been in the gym at times and morning, you know, breakfast TV is on. And the people are like, oh, yeah, like, you know, if I had any money, I'd be buying Bitcoin. And it's like, oh, my goodness, like what kind of financial advice is that? Because the reality is, yes, 100% cryptocurrencies will take over. Blockchain technologies will take over. But is it going to be Bitcoin? Who knows? Like to me, there's going to be a new one that comes along that is faster, more efficient, better, you know, faster transactions, less power used to like crunch numbers, less environmental impact. I mean, the environmental impact of Bitcoin is starting to become more of a a concern, just the general power that it requires to run. So something's going to come along just like Google came along and replaced Yahoo. And I remember Yahoo was everywhere. Yahoo was the website. Yahoo, everyone had a Yahoo website email address. And MySpace, again, everyone except for me, essentially, in the world had a MySpace page. And it was all about your MySpace page. And it's all people talked about. And again, you would have it on your, you know, how do you introduce yourself? Hey, add me on MySpace. MySpace was the thing. And it lasted a handful of years. And now it's completely forgotten. 
So looking back at history as an instructive tool as to what will probably happen in the future, what can, you know, most likely to happen, because the constant is always people. The constant is always society. And the technologies will change, but society's adaptions of these technologies and society's need for something that is newer, faster, better, cheaper will always take ahead of loyalty. You know, I mean, very, there are very, very, very few brands that have like real loyalty and they only tend to be at the very, very, very high end markets for, you know, the everyday punter on the street, the everyday consumer. If it's faster, cheaper, better, quicker, you know, simpler, that brand loyalty is out the door. And so to me, there is so much commitment and so much belief that Bitcoin, because it's the biggest, the, the one that's really mainstream it's going to be around forever and therefore it's 100% going to keep going up. And I do, I just do not have that conviction that this thing will keep going up. And if it doesn't, how many people are being, you know, sold the story that this is the thing to do? And then again, if we look at all the social media platforms, all the search engines, I remember, again, when the internet first sort of was coming out and I was in high school and you know, the search engines like Alta Vista and Ask Jeeves. Ask Jeeves was like super popular. Alta Vista was the one. If you wanted smart information, you went to Alta Vista. Google wasn't around for five, 10 years later. And even if it was, like no one knew about it. It was, you know, all these kind of other companies had to come through before Google came in. Now you sit there and say, oh, you know, imagine if I'd bought Google shares back in 2000. But <laughs> Google was this no-name little kid on the street. You know, Yahoo was the place to be. So again, can we sit there with like the house, you know, invested into this? Are we betting the farm that of all the crypto coins that are coming out of all the new technology of everyone? And they're essentially private companies who are latching onto the this new technology. Can we assure that the one we're betting the farm on is the one that will take us forward? And personally, I just don't have that because we've seen it too many times. And you can go back and again, you can look back at, at history of the car and the development of the car and how that's changed society. But how many car companies have been started? The car will always be there. Cryptocurrency will always be there. But how many brands of car makers just have not made it? And the brands that are big today weren't the brands that were big, you know, 50, 100 years ago when the car first came onto the market. So we look back in history and we say, you know what? The constant will always be people and people have emotions and people have emotions of greed and FOMO, you know, fear, fear of losing money, fear of missing out and greed that, you know what, actually maybe I've missed the boat. So I've got to go in. I've got to double, triple, 10x the money I'd put in because I kind of missed the boat. And that's where we see people get blown up. That's where we see a MySpace go from the biggest company, the biggest networking site in the world, the most popular website in the world to 18 months later on the chopping block for 94% less than what someone paid for it. And that's where I worry and that's where I'm concerned. So when people say, you know, you've got to get onto this thing, I am watching the new technology always. Of course, I will adapt when I know the one that I can really say, you know what, this is it. And my big concern here is that governments are just going to start interfering. When we talk about, you know, governments and, and you know, versus private enterprise, and we talk about a currency of a nation, that to me is kind of the big fear. 
and I don't say this to be pro-government in any way. I think you know governments and have notoriously short-term thinking, but they're going to come out and say, you know what, we're just going to start our own currency and we're going to ban others. We're going to make them illegal, or something like that. Like people, like governments have done with gold in the past, and you couldn't physically hold gold because the government wanted to keep it all. Again, history repeating when other forms of currency were taking over. The governments would just outlaw them. And we've seen that all through history and we've seen it happen over and over again. So my kind of concern is, again, if people have a lot of money tied up into these currencies and then the government say, you know what, no, can't have them anymore. You know, do you get your money back? What happens? Who knows? Or when people hear about it and people start selling and there's panic sales and things drop. It is possible for the biggest inter- uh, the biggest website, the most popular networking site in the world to lose 99.95% of its value in 18 months. It's incredibly possible because it's happened over and over and over and over again. And I'd hate to see your own personal worth, all the money that you've been working hard to make so that you can invest, I would hate to see you lose 99.95% of the income, the, the money that you have invested because that would be a tragedy. And there... The kind of, you know, market movements and the, you know, finalizing what we're talking about here. They're the kind of crashes that really hurt people in the long, long term. And not just about the money that people lose, because, you know, I mean, the money we lose is obviously terrible, but, but we can always go back and we can build our business and we can make more money. It's the damage that it does to people's belief in themselves that they can actually get themselves financially free. And that is my real, 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 real concern at the moment is that there is this, this, you know, just this parabolic curve, this exponential growth in certain areas. And what happens if it goes the other way? What happens if it starts to crash and the brand new person loses $10,000, $20,000, $50,000, $100,000 and they just say, you know what, investing is not for me and they never, ever go back in. I, I would hate someone to lose $5. But more than that, I would hate for them to lose the confidence in themselves and the belief that they could ever do this and actually achieve financial freedom for themselves. We're never going to make 100% great trades. We, we, you know, we are going to lose money. We are going to make mistakes along the way. But if we put the farm on one thing and then that one thing doesn't actually happen to be the one thing that gets taken over, something else comes along that's newer, better, faster and it ruins us for the rest of our life, that would be a real, real shame. Um, and as always, that is my, you know, my overall thing is that I want people to be able to, you know, understand what's going on and really just scratch the surface and don't sit there and like, you know, I've got to get in on this. This is my one opportunity to change my life. You know, there is a thing that, you know, investing, it is like kind of catching a bus. And if you miss one investment opportunity, just stay at the bus station because there's going to be another one that comes along in another hour. And, you know, I remember in property, like when I was starting in the property game in 06, 07, and it was like, you know, the investment of your lifetime, the absolute most amazing property you'll ever find, there'll be one of them every week or two. So if you miss one, don't go in, you know, don't mortgage yourself to try and like overpay for one because you think you're going to miss out on it. Just wait, stay patient because there'll be another one in another week or two. And it's going to be the same thing here, guys. There will always be other opportunities to enter the market. There will always be other opportunities to get yourself on a pathway to financial freedom. We never want to feel like we've missed the boat and we have to come in heavy to make up for lost time. We learn, we watch, we learn from history, we see how it all evolves, 
And then we say, you know what, this is my plan moving forward. And as always, guys, that is my hope for you, obviously, that moving forward, you can get yourself in a position where you know what you're doing, where you can take care of your own money, you know how to put it to work, and you can set yourself on the pathway to financial freedom. As always, guys, hope you got value out of today. Hope this helps with getting some of that, you know, that clarity with your vision and the skills and the steps along the way. I hope you have an amazing weekend and I will see you all for our next episode next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to The Way Out, creating financial freedom through network marketing. Connect with Andrew on Instagram and Facebook at Andrew James Logan. For your seven-step system to financial freedom and other tools and resources to help you grow your business fast, go to www.andrewlogan.net. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review. Until next time, keep moving forward.